let's find a page that isn't covered in paint splatters. There we go. And then you did mention earlier about bringing along some materials, and I've just got like these um, these plastic artway bags. Like you can just buy them from Amazon, but I just leave them full after I've been out. So uh-huh. it's just a random mix of. Yeah, they, they're sort of thematic in a sense. They, they, they're they almost like carrying a mood and you can pick one up and then do what it says. Yeah, like I used in the summer, I'd have them. So they're like, they're just plastic. I just buy them from Amazon, but mm-hmm. you can, um, I'd have like one set out specifically. So you'd have, I'd have like a sea one. So if I was drawing by the sea, I'd have a whole one set up and then like more like, like landscapey one um and they start off they always start off organized and they always end up like chaotic and that's right that's what i have in front of me right now it's just pure chaos yeah. so so how i think we could do this and so for the insiders listening right now the idea is that we're going to draw each other and relatively quick not too much time <laughs> um so maybe uh, so that we don't do it both at the same time and we get a lot of our heads bowed. I'm, I'll just uh, stare at the screen while you draw me and then we can do the reverse. And while I'm being drawn, I guess I could talk to you or share something or ask you something. Or do you want to do it the reverse way? You could ask me something that I could talk about. And then while I draw you, I have some questions for you. Oh, I don't mind. I can draw and talk. I can do that. I'm, um, that's what I'm, well, I am quite good at it, but we'll see now. I've said I'm good at it, but now we'll see. (laughs) Um, Sure. So let's just keep talking then because I'm also quite okay with drawing and talking. Okay, let's do that. uh, We can just do that. But for the first half of this, I'm not going to be drawing. I'll let you draw me. And then in the second half, I'll draw you. Okay, let's do that. Great. Great. Cool. Yeah. So I am your subject now. <laughs> Feels like a big pressure now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm kind of curious. You mentioned uh, having a creative consultant, and I want to. I'm curious to know how that works for you. What's the kind of role they fulfill in your work in your life, and uh, like how how do you use them? Yeah. She. Um, I met her through a friend. So they, um, my friend Nicole had recommended her and she, the first time I went to see her, I think she was just kind of starting out as well. So it started, we were kind of talking about like where I should take the business. So, and also like she was giving me really great advice. So I was learning like, you know, about what I mentioned before about how those creative things that I'd done weren't failures. They were just creative pursuits mm-hmm. um and that was really useful but then as we kind of developed and had more one-to-one meetings we it kind of what, what was really useful is I would turn up with everything I was doing because I do so many different things and then she would say to me like she would kind of help me sh- see where I was doing a lot of, spending a lot of my time and mm-hmm. where where I was probably like she sh- I was going to her and saying, I'm really burnt out. I don't know why. And she was saying, well, you're cramming a nine, a nine day week into seven days. Um, right. And that's what, that's why. So it was kind of like she was helping me plan my time as well. Um, but it was really like, it was quite holistic what she was kind of helping me with. And yeah, she's, uh, her name's Elaine from Studio 1850. And 
I recommended her. She came and did a talk for my patrons last January. She did a talk on um, goal setting because Mm -hmm. I was really strident that I didn't want to set any goals in 2020, um, 2021. And so I sort of said, I don't, I don't want to do goals. And she kind of came in and was like, I think you should probably, everyone should set goals. They're quite Mm -hmm. good for you. Um, And I'm not quite sure now if I should have listened to her and set some goals in 2021. I think, 2022 I'll go back to her and get some goals set but yeah she's just it's almost like therapy but for your art rather like so you've got someone to talk to um about what you're doing really which is is I mean other than on patron uh I get to do that and we've just done that for a really nice couple of hours but it's it's very rare really that you get to sit down and really talk with someone about yeah what you're doing in like quite an open way um yeah and to have someone who kind of has worked with brands and and um I'm just trying to draw your glasses but glasses are hard like really hard <laughs> I don't know if you find that well, I just draw the borders, so it's pretty quick for me. But I think working with colors means you're working with shapes and shades, and that just adds literally layers. <laughs> yeah, I've gone for like quite a sepia. I've gone for like, I've got some ink and then like a, what's this? A French gray pencil. Um, so I've not gone too colorful. Maybe I'll throw mm-hmm. some pink paint at it right at the end. Yeah, please. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> so um, um, is crea- uh, creative consultant, it, it's a proper job title, is it? Or is it somebody who's kind of uh, molding themselves to do this role for you? Yeah, she's, uh, I think, I think she was working more as a brand consultant um, before. So working with like bigger brands. Um, but she's a her title is a creative consultant um Mm -hmm. and yeah she I guess it's just a chance you can do like a full like session with her um you can do like a long a longer session with her like an hour hour and a half or you can just go to her with a specific problem so the session I had with her when I said I don't know what to do anymore because um it's the pandemic and I'm a bit worried about uh um people buying my work um Mm -hmm. that was just a half hour session where she sort of said well um have you thought about setting up a subscription service and that's all I really you know I only needed just half an hour just to say what should I do and then she sort of changed my whole trajectory but I I think it's it's having that trust I guess with someone to to know that that they've they know what they're talking about as well. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think I could have that with everyone. Um, yeah. So if someone, let's say, if there's an artist who's maybe someone who's listening to us right now, mm. and they feel like they need something like this in their lives, what are some? Uh, maybe they find an actual creative consultant. Maybe they find somebody who fits that role for them in their life, whom they can speak to, like a sounding board of sorts. What what are some w- specific ways that, like, what are some qualities that you think are essential for somebody looking for someone to do to help them in this manner? Ooh, good question. Um, 
like for example does it is it at all relevant that they be creatively inclined sometimes i think no like i think elaine is but elaine is more of a design mm-hmm. uh does she's she's a designer she works on graphic design as well so um it's very different to what i was doing and she had a more like of a design brain on when she was looking at my work and i think for me that really helped um but i think it it probably it's probably very similar it is similar to therapy like you have to find that person that fits with you like you can't just pick it's not going to you might find that the first person you find isn't the right fit um and it it's kind of finding that right person for you i suppose mm-hmm. um um but maybe thinking about what you actually really need from your work as well so if you're just looking um if you're looking to find someone who uh is going to help you set up your shop or curate your shop for you then um it's kind of looking to looking at their previous clients if they've got a testimonials list and then seeing sort of like okay well they helped that person out what's that person doing have they left a review would they recommend that person um yeah it's 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 all those things to kind of research into really like i i was just really lucky that uh elaine came with a good uh testimonial from someone that I trusted and knew already and I knew a lot of other people that have been to see her so um yeah that was for me that was important um what else I just had it she's she's very wise very kind but also will give me things to me completely straight so I know like those are the things for me that have been really important with uh seeing her like I know she's not going to tell me off for not doing something. I know that she's going to give me advice that's going to fit alongside what I want to do. Like she's not going to tell me to go do something completely random. Um, Yeah. Like those are, those are always that's Yeah. I think that's, I don't know. I can't remember the question. (laughs) I've just been talking about how much I love Elaine. I think. Yeah. I think that's, that's, kind of the question actually yeah <laughs> i'm just i'm cute because so i'm 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 almost a contrarian in some ways that i don't take good advice in time yeah. i i i kind of feel like i'm going to do it myself i'm never gonna ask for help and i recognize that that's not a effective or a productive way to do things you can't always do it that way but i i'm always i've always been like that yeah and just the notion of going to someone for help it puts me off and that's not a good attitude i recognize that but still i'm kind of bound by it because that's how i've always been so i'm i'm thinking uh, for my own career as well because mm-hmm. i'm doing all these different things and i've got projects in all these different fronts that i've been carrying in my head for like a decade and you know if you drag things along like that it's it's mental baggage it's there it's it occupies a part of my brain it's part of the things that give me guilt and that give me some uh, make me feel like i'm a bad writer or i'm a bad artist or i'm a bad podcaster or whatever these things they 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 are allowed to judge me they're like these ghosts that follow me around and i feel like i need to get them out of me and part of it is either to reject it that this is not something i'm pursuing anymore 
because so for example i left my phd program with the idea that i was going to write a novel i've written four drafts of it and i've never finished it and it's not finished and i haven't been writing for like a few months now but it's always there in the back of my head this is a thing that i left unfinished this is a thing that i need to do so this is just one example but generally the idea of having somebody who sees your work from the outside and has the skills to to look at how you work what you do what works for you what doesn't and is able to give you dispassionate advice on the kind of things you can take on and how you can do them that's it it's an appealing idea yeah yeah definitely like i think sometimes sometimes you someone outside can just and i i get that when i'm lecturing like my students will sit there and struggle over like a project for and they'll come and see me and i'll be like why don't you just try this and they're like how didn't i think of that but sometimes <laughs> when you're so close to something you can't uh I might have to start again. I'm not, this isn't going how I wanted to go. I made your head really short and then it just didn't work. Um, well, I'm going to insist upon looking at it later once you're done with the second oh, one. No. Um, uh, but yeah, sometimes you just need someone who's who's an outsider. And I think that's important that that's someone who's outside of your f- family or close friends as well, because except for my dad is my biggest critic. He is. He always has been. So my dad is like, brutally honest with my work and that is that isn't helpful in some sense uh and I I now hide things from him um but like if if I asked my mum she'd just tell me it was really good and that's not helpful either like right I don't need someone to tell me how good it is I need someone to like give me solid advice and I think sometimes you can get that like from a like from a subscription service so I'm sure that there's people in your um discord that are like also feeling that way and it, maybe it's like a crit group that um they can like share I'm sure they already share work but it's kind of maybe if people are having like specific problems that they need help with um and it might even be just finding out like you know that that specific problem isn't you know I might be like oh I'm really struggling with color like and the next level up for my color but by chatting to Emily or my boyfriend Phil who's also an illustrator they might help me realize that actually it's not color at all I'm just not looking properly or like I'm looking at color and trying to make it really um uh representational of what I'm looking at but actually color doesn't have to be that and that really I should go out on location and spend some time drawing because that's when I'm going to start noticing more about what's around me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes you just need that, like, and to figure out, like, sometimes it's just that you're looking at it the wrong way. You just need yeah. someone else to tell you that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I, and like we 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 like we almost carry the baggage of all the things we. So like we're not even good at assessing our literally the art you just made. Like so many times I've made a drawing that I wasn't happy with. And then people look at it and they really like it mm-hmm. because I'm seeing all the things that I wanted it to be. And maybe <laughs> it fell short of some of those goals, but they are seeing it as it is. So I'm I'm a good judge of my own drawing two years later, I think. Yeah, like yeah. I look at a sketchbook from 2018. I'll be able to look at it dispassionately and say what's off and appreciate it more because I'm brutally... 
I'm brutal with myself. Like I'm a horrible boss because uh, I, I have I, I'm a I'm a co- corporation of one person, and I'm just a terrible boss and an ungrateful employee. So <laughs> yeah. it's it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me as well. I am so harsh. Yeah, I wouldn't want to work for me. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm stuck working for me. Um, But yeah, I, yeah, I definitely feel that like it's, um, uh, I just shared a sketchbook tour with my patrons and it's from when I went to Berlin and that was like, I can't even, you know, pre-pandemic 2019, I went to Berlin and I've not looked at that sketchbook since I came back and like, it was really nice to go back through it and be like, these drawings aren't bad. Like I've, (laughs) beat myself up for so many years and yeah oh this drawing isn't very good either I can't draw today sorry you're we might have to switch over we might have to let you draw me um because yeah these I'm not you do you ever get that like good days and bad oh, yes. days oh yeah. yes there are some days that it just doesn't work I also like okay this is again me being brutal with myself I don't draw every single day And I feel terrible about it. I feel absolutely terrible that I'm not drawing every single day. And I don't think it has a detrimental effect on my work. So I don't have a good reason to feel this way. But I just do. Because I like living in guilt and feeling (laughs) terrible. Uh, It's just how uh, it is growing up as an Indian person. I think we live our lives like this. We just berate ourselves. But (laughs) I, I, I feel like... I feel like there are some days where it just doesn't flow. And then there are some days where it doesn't flow, but you keep at it. And then until you're at the 70% mark, it looks like it's a shit drawing. But then just right in the last five minutes, something happens and it just rescues itself. And I've had that journey so many times. Yeah. Yeah. That I just love going through. Sometimes when I have a bad day, I feel I just wonder, like, if I power through it, is it going to become spectacular at the end? It's um, I found it. So I did a lot of online life drawing during lockdown. Like I was just, um, and it's something I host in my Patreon sessions now because I love it. Like I just, I love online life drawing because there's no one looking over your shoulder asking what you've mm-hmm. done, and there's no pressure to share any terrible drawings. Um, but like the, uh, um, I found that some of my best drawings I did during those sessions were when they were really, really bad. And I would just be like, well, it doesn't matter. Like I can just take a really big risk and throw some ink at this because, and like, it's like you said, like sometimes when you just push through, like you lose that inhibition of worry and end up making something that's like amazing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I, yeah, definitely agree. Yeah. So what are your ideas with the the book you want to make? Do you think you are going to seek a publisher? Do you already have publishers interested? Um the location drawing one or Yes. Yeah. The coffee table book. I'm just going to self publish. I think if I look for a publisher it's too I don't want I don't want anyone's input. input. <laughs> so um it's going to be, I've got a designer um, who was recommended through Emily and mm-hmm. she's, um, she's, we had a Zoom meeting last, not last week, the week, a couple of weeks ago, um, just to kind of chat through ideas of like what it could be. Um, 
And that was really useful because I have all these ideas, but I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, so that was useful. And then we're going to start in January, February time, and I'm going to send her through my sketchbooks and she's going to do some layouts because that's really what's been putting me off doing this for so long is that I don't have the the enthusiasm or joy to be like, let's let's lay this book out and right. put the text in. So getting someone else to do that is just going to be like, I don't really mind if no one buys it. It's kind of, I'm just really looking forward to seeing, well, I do mind if someone buys it. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but like uh, if no one buys it, but um, I just I have really, a feeling people are going to buy it. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> but I really just want like um, my sketchbooks to all be together because they're all over the, they're all over the house. I've got like 50, mm-hmm. 50 sketchbooks now then it'd just be nice to not have them all over the place. Mm-hmm. But um, I give up drawing. I'm done. I'm done with the drawing. <laughs> all right. All right. My turn now. Yeah. All um, right. I'm going to draw in a little sketchbook. It's just four by six inches. And I'm using something that I don't usually use to draw in keeping with the spirit of your work. <laughs> I'm using a soft color pencil. It's oh, nice. red. Mm-hmm. And it's by this company called Karen Dash. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to be doing some colors, some one color (laughs) and some shades. So it's going to be interesting. Do you take any colors out with you or do you just always take? No. No, nothing. Nothing. I just take one sketchbook and my fountain pen. What kind of fountain pen do you use? Like a refillable one? Yes. It's a, it's a Lamy Safari and I got the, I bought separately a converter for it. So I fill ink into it and it's waterproof ink with the idea that maybe one day I'll be doing colors, <laughs> uh, watercolors, but I haven't. And so it doesn't need to be waterproof ink, but it is. And I I like it a lot. It's it's the darkest ink I know. And it's uh, the ink is platinum carbon black and it's super dark and I really like it. But I, I really enjoy having no materials. Like I feel like my decision fatigue problem is really acute and this makes me just draw and it makes me, it makes me very sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you, I can't do that. So like I take everything with me when I go drawing and I end up, my boyfriend's mum's made me like a custom rucksack that will fit Mm -hmm. an A3 sketchbook in and all my art supplies because I just can't get a rucksack big enough without looking like I'm going camping. (laughs) So, so yeah, like, I'm very jealous of your ability to just rock up and just just with one pen. Very jealous. I feel feel really good about it because, um, like, I just like this idea that, So there's this thing I speak to some of my guests about uh, some people who also draw quickly Mm -hmm. and the people who usually, so one of my guests, actually, he's also in the UK, Ian Fennelly, he draws uh, over two, three hours. And Mm. that's his, that's his standard length of time over us over a single piece. And it's unimaginable to me because nothing for me takes more than 60 minutes. I couldn't sit in one spot, but uh, we were talking about, And I was then talking to another guest who draws quickly. And we were talking about how if you draw quickly, 
the the thing you gain is that now there are subjects you're going to draw that other people wouldn't even consider subjects because they can't draw them in they they don't draw in 10 minutes so if i'm standing in line at a grocery store i can make a sketch because 5 minutes is more than enough time for me to draw yeah i listened to you i listened to with that episode and i was just like <laughs> just really jealous that you can go and draw in like a supermarket line like i couldn't do it because i'd have so many materials yeah so that aspect of it makes me feel really good that i'm able to do this thing that uh this breadth of subject matter is available to me that is otherwise would be inaccessible so that's that's one part of why i do it this way mm. i like being able to capture things that are just gone the next moment and i like that feeling that you know before it was gone i captured it i got yeah. it it's here it couldn't escape and so i do a lot of uh, some of my sketches are tiny people i call them which is just a page full of really small people drawn at the traffic light so i'm not at the traffic light i would be sitting in a cafe at the corner but mm. uh, they are at the traffic light so they're just going to be around for like 10 seconds 15 seconds and then they're gone so i don't have any time to think i can only dive right into it there's any hesitation and they're gone already so it's too late to draw do you ever compile people together so you do like half of one person and then Yeah, that that happens that happens especially in the bigger sketches when somebody just uh, ungraciously leaves without <laughs> without telling all the artists around them <laughs> probably because they're annoyed that there's lots of artists drawing <laughs> yeah so this guy keeps looking at me yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i end up splicing people together like that that happens sometimes but not uh, so uh, to not have to do that is why i do the really quick 15 second sketches and the idea to of drawing quickly is not that you learn how to draw quickly because it's not like it's a it's not the end mm. uh, it's not the ends it's not like i want to draw quickly so that i can draw quickly because that's the best art the idea is all the other things around drawing that it gives you so if you draw quickly you learn to trust your instincts yeah if you draw quickly you get into the habit of being able to look quicker mm-hmm. so when you have 10 seconds with somebody at a traffic light you what do i need to see very at, at first glance that captures them so i learn to see a person as the shape of their whole body and work with that very quickly on the page without lifting having the time to lift my pen off the paper i don't have the time to do that so i have to draw it as a single line and therefore i learn how to draw in a single line and i don't have the time to observe them more closely so i have to see as much as i can and what are those things that i see when i look at them in 10 seconds and i try to capture all of them so do i remember the hair do i remember the pose do i remember their hands what i remember is who i am it's determined by the kind of person i am the kind mm-hmm. of artist i am so the more i do this the more i figure out myself what is it that i remembered and what does that say about me that this is what i remembered i don't draw shoes and i don't draw feet very <laughs> often so that says something about me i don't care about drawing footwear apparently uh the points of interest for me are different the pose the 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 gait or the way a certain scarf wraps around their body is interesting to me and that says like be, being an artist for me at least is 
partly about understanding why am I doing this thing. It's interesting though, isn't it? Because like if we were sat drawing 10 second people, we would draw different, we would notice different things with people. Like I probably would notice, maybe I wouldn't notice the shoes, but like I quite like grounding people on the floor. Like I quite like, and like that posture of someone's feet is quite interesting to me. And I suppose yeah, I want to go out. I just want to go sit in a coffee shop and draw people now. This is. <laughs> yeah, you should do it. So, yeah, yeah I, I like uh, what you say about grounding people is very important mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. I really want to put them in a space, but uh, their shoes are irrelevant to that. <laughs> well, at least I tell myself <laughs> this. So I, I, I'm very conscious about putting them in an environment. So suppose I'm drawing even a street corner, not necessarily a person. I'm drawing a building or I'm drawing a traffic light. I, and I talk about this as well, about why I, like, what is a city? Yeah. So a city is a collection of things made to make human life easier. None of it is natural. Traffic lights are not natural phenomena. They don't need to exist, except people need to cross the road safely. So a traffic light is a traffic light if there is somebody waiting to cross. It's not a traffic light in and of itself. It, if no humans existed, what would a traffic light mean? It wouldn't mean anything. There's no such thing as a traffic light. It's just a pole. And <laughs> is what is it a pole of? It's not even a pole. Is a building tall if there's no person next to it? What is the reference for tall? The reference is humans. Mm-hmm. It's tall with respect to us. That's why it's a tall building. For Godzilla, it's not a tall building. So it doesn't quite qualify as a tall building. So the human scale is central to our understanding of so many things. So when I draw even just city features, I'm always thinking of this. And I came up with this, with a articulation of this idea only because I keep trying to articulate to myself, why did I draw this? Why didn't I draw it this way? If the other urban sketchers drew this building, but they didn't draw the people. Why did I not do that? Why was I drawing the person? So asking myself this again and again and trying to answer it made me kind of narrow down to this idea that I am fascinated by humans and what they do and how they do it. And partly that's out of being an immigrant in this part of the world that I want to figure out how people are doing things and why that's really interesting it's really it's just amazing to hear like it's just every everyone's just so interested in something different aren't they and like that's what especially as an artist like I find it quite there's part of this year I found quite difficult of like especially when you post stuff online and you see people copying the work and it's quite it's quite a hard thing to kind of take on board but all those things you've just spoken about are reasons why like it's good to copy to look like and you can learn from that but when you start copying someone's style like someone's had that someone's someone's had all those thoughts all those thoughts you've had someone's had on their work and like those are the those are the really important things really like that's more important than what you actually physically make like understanding what you like about the work and yeah. your, your work is yeah yeah how how do you feel about this? Uh, that so many people like you you uh, hold workshops also. A lot of people are so curious about like you might not want to be teaching them how to do what you do, how you do it, 
but so many people seem to feel like that's necessary yeah to do it the way you do it so how do you feel about that thing this this urge uh it's really i find it really difficult because and i say to my cuz my students ask me this my university students and i said i find it really difficult because i really do sit in that uh i sit i do sit on that fence between teacher and artist and i love both like i love teaching and i love talking about my process and my thoughts and ideas behind work the same way you've been talking about like how you cap- like why you draw certain people and why it's different to everyone else like i love talking about that stuff in my work as well but like it it is really hard because you want to i i love encouraging people as much as i love making the work so mm-hmm. it's hard because you want people to make work but you want them it you want them to get that same enjoyment and satisfaction that you get from making your work because you've gone through all those thought processes of like i'm putting the people in because i'm interested in people i want to encourage everyone else to have that thought process around their own work so i have my patreon has shifted slightly since it began so that it is more focused around tech like techniques that they can apply to their own work rather than I'm going to show you how I made this piece of work which mm-hmm. I did do like one or two videos in the beginning but like you know you can learn those techniques but and you can learn how to draw like me but it won't bring you the same joy as learning how to draw like you you know yeah I think. um yeah. yeah it is hard like it is a hard part of the um part of the job <laughs> Yeah yeah I just on my newsletter this week last week I shared this quote uh it's a Miles Davis quote and he's one of my favorite musicians uh that uh once is a mistake twice is an idea three times is style and so if you want to make your own style you have to lean in on your mistakes mm-hmm. and yes. you have to generate ideas from those mistakes and then you have to pursue those ideas for yeah. them to become style and that's how you get to your style and if you try to be perfect so you erase those mistakes you erase the possibility of having a style a style yeah. is just an accumulation of idiosyncrasies and things you do wrong so my style includes not having feet mm-hmm. and yeah that's it makes it recognizable because it's my problem that i don't or i feel i can't or i don't want to draw the shoes and things like that and it leads to this happy situation where i have now something that i never i consciously wanted and i never thought i was going to have i never thought i would have a style because i was in my 20s drawing stick figures it's too late to develop style now like you should have developed it when you know in the genius way you should have developed it when you were very young and now you can't and then one day i suddenly started to feel like yeah i have a distinct style and that's never been true before in my life and that, that came out of urban sketching and yeah. drawing with a pen and not being able to erase or hide my mistakes yeah i loved that when you said that earlier i wanted to say like that is such a good tip for people who are starting because like i i used to do the same i wouldn't take a rubber with me so mm-hmm. i could i had the i could rub it out but i also i couldn't because <laughs> I didn't have anything to rub it out with and that yeah that's like really really helpful um but yeah taking a pen also really helpful um 
not being able to just constantly redo stuff. Um, but everyone, I mean, everyone has this, a style. It's just um, like your style is like your handwriting, I guess. Like you, if you do it enough, like your handwriting, mm-hmm. like it'll, it'll happen. It's just, you need to do Exactly it. right. Like the mm-hmm. handwriting is the perfect comparison because that's exactly what it is. Everybody, regardless of what they try, have their own handwriting. And yeah. that's all that this is. Also, if you just write enough, you get it. Yeah. I think Quentin Blake compares it to that, so I can't claim that. that oh, uh, right. It's lovely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm such a big fan of Quentin Blake. Like, he has, in he, he gave me permission, you know. Like, he's not a perfect artist. He's so whimsical. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I needed that. Like, I needed to see that this can also be art. This can also be a drawing. Like, you don't have to get everything in proportion. So important to see that. And it can it can get so much emotion from you. Like, his drawings are so simple. And they say so much. Yeah, definitely. He gave a talk when I was studying on my MA. I was, got to see him talk. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can't, like... It's funny, like, it should be one of those things where I remember everything he said and I can't, it's like one of those memories that's just kind of gone. Like, <laughs> I remember meeting him, I remember him signing my book, but I don't remember what he said in his talk at all, which is, like, it's funny, isn't it? There's things I can remember that I really don't need to remember. Like, my memory is just a, especially after the last couple of years, my mem- of like, lockdowns and stuff, my memory is awful, but... um yeah, I can remember certain things that I don't need, like pointless information, but I can't remember <laughs> what Quentin Blake said in his talk. All right, here we are. It's not perfect, and I attribute that to the fact that um, another factor, right? Like if you're using a color pencil, the nib changes yeah. as you press down and you don't know how your line is going to come, but... This is what I know. Oh, yours is so cute. Oh, I don't like mine. Like, I don't. Oh, I like it. No. I love what the pink and the orange mm. or the peach color is doing. Let's just hold these here and I'll take a, I'll take a quick uh, snapshot thingy. You've made me look so cool. I like it. <laughs> I like that drawing. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're sorry. It's, um. It's in the evening here and I've just, I've, I've like, I haven't drawn all day. And you know, when you just like go into a drawing and it just keeps going wrong. I've, um, yeah, sorry. It's not my, it's not, it's not the best. (laughs) Sorry. Yours is lovely. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for having this extended chat with me. We've spoken for so long and it's been really great. so much like you must be fed up with me by now. <laughs> um, no I, I wish we get to I, I wish we get to hang out and sketch in person because this oh, is yeah, it's so long now I've spoken to so many lovely people and I I don't get to sketch with them and it's really wrong it's, I hope I hope it happens soon if you're ever in the UK if you're ever in Devon let me know mm-hmm. I lovely. will I will yeah <laughs>